Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm excited about this episode because this is the first time that I'm actually recording and going to be publishing a podcast of an actual coaching call. A few days, a week ago or so, I posted something on Facebook and I said, hey guys, who would like a free coaching call? The, uh, the catch is I'm going to record it and put it onto the podcast for the entire 7 billion people out there to listen to if they wanted to. And a bunch of people responded. And uh, so I'm excited about this. This is kind of like an experiment for me. I've done coaching for years and years. I think I started my first coaching student right around 2011 when I started this podcast, but I've never really recorded my calls. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I do a lot of group coaching. And so there's, you know, it's, I've covered the gamut. I've been doing it for a long time and I really, really enjoy doing it. I like talking to people about their business, kind of analyzing it and figuring out what's going on. How could you make it better? How could you make more money? How could you automate more? How could you systemize more? How could you do your marketing better? Uh, What are things that you could do to improve your business? And so um, we're going to give it a shot here. And our first subject, our first guinea pig, (laughs) I guess you could say, his name is Brad. Brad, how are you? Brad Woodall. Doing well. Doing well, Joe. How are you doing? Good, man. I'm excited about this. We talked about it before a little bit before we started recording here. Yeah. Um, So... Let's just dive right in. Uh, my goal is to keep this right around 30 minutes or so. Tell us a little bit, about, Brad, about you and, and uh, what kind of business are you and what do you do? Sure. Well, so excuse my horse voice. Um, <laughs> I had the flu last week, so I'm still oh. getting over that. So I'm in, uh, I'm in the Atlanta market, mostly wholesale. I uh, do a little wholetailing, um, working on getting a little fix and flips, but, you know, wholesaling for the, you know, to pay the bills. Um, really, this year is... is building a business out of this. I started um, really getting serious about real estate uh, probably three years ago. started listening to your podcast and a bunch of other podcasts. And I uh, finally like got really serious and started taking action in 2016. And uh, probably about, I think it was around April, I started mailing out. So I did some really small mailers and stuff and then uh, set up a website uh, lead generation website through one of the lead generation website companies and then uh, started going to meetings and blah 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 so anyways uh finally landed my first deal in uh, october of 2016 tried wholesaling it uh but didn't really have much of a buyer's list at that time so i ended up buying it cash it was a cheap enough property to pay like 30 grand for it yeah and then uh put it just threw it out on the market as is like at a, as a wholesale uh, eventually bought it <clears throat> yeah. Cool. And then uh, sold it in December, early December of uh, of that same year. So I held on to it for about two months, I guess. Um, made about gross twelve thousand five hundred, I think, net after everything was like nine grand or something. So uh-huh. did okay. Uh, and then lost some money on another deal in between that. So <laughs> what'd you do that for? Oh, <laughs> I uh, didn't trust my gut and. Oh. Uh, Put down a hefty non-refundable earnest money deposit and quickly realized I probably would have lost more money if I stayed in into it. So oh, okay. I backed out and lost my money and 
it hurt, but you learn, you live and learn, right? Sure. Sure. So, but, uh, so started doing that, uh, mind you, I've been, I was doing that part-time, uh, I've been working a full-time job up until, uh, last week. Uh, this is my first week as a full-time real estate investor. Oh, so you said you quit, but, um, you I wrote did? down January 12th, 2017. Did you mean 2018? Uh, oh yeah. 2018. Sorry. I keep oh, mixing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good for you, man. So just a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. So just quit and, uh, kind of, you know, wife and I had saved up a little bit of money and stars aligned and I was able to, uh, I was able to make this jump, jump of faith. And, uh, so last year I did, I closed seven deals last year while still working a full-time job. Yeah. And, uh, I was aiming for 10 and I actually had three under contract at the end of the year. They're a couple of them are probate deals. They've just been dragging out. So we'll get those closed, I think, in early February at this point based on the current data. So, uh-huh. um, And then another one uh, is pending as well. But um, mostly doing pay-per-click marketing is my primary marketing channel. Cool. All and, right. uh, and then we started doing Facebook ads a few months ago. So stopped doing direct mail, uh, but... That's that's kind of what I'm doing so far. So so that's me up until this point in time. Um, hitting the ground running this year, man. I'm I'm I got a hefty goal this year to do a lot of deals. So <laughs> what is your current income, if you don't mind me asking, a month right now with uh, investing? Um, I mean, I'd probably say it could be anywhere like net between five and ten a month. It just nice. Okay, depends, depends on the month. So. so if you don't mind me asking as well, I mean, you're married, right? I'm married. Yeah. Cool. And you've got a, your wife makes some income or does she? Yeah. She has a full-time job. She makes a good salary. So. All right. So you got a little cushion there and you're yeah. with your income and hers, you're doing pretty well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, if you don't mind me asking, cause I feel <laughs> it's kind of weird because these are podcasts like, and that's why I'm sensitive with the questions, but I don't, maybe I don't need to be. Uh, do you have kids? Uh, yeah, we have two kids. Uh, cool. I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old. Ah, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So that's another struggle in and of itself, trying to do all this, work a full-time job and do this. Ah, that's why <laughs> I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I totally get it. Um, yeah. Does your, well, I don't have to ask that question. <laughs> but how much time do you have a week, like realistically right now, to devote to the business? Well, now, um, now that I've quit my job, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wide open during the day. Obviously, I drop my kids off at school about eight o'clock in the morning, and okay. you know, I pick them up at four thirty-five o'clock in the evening. So okay, so you've got a lot of time now, and hopefully, you know, one of the things I remember when I quit my job was I thought, oh man, I've got like forty or actually fifty or sixty more hours a week. I'm going to do like triple the number of deals I did before, mm-hmm. and it didn't work that way. Yeah. It didn't work. I, I maybe doubled, but like I was expecting three or four times. And I don't know why looking back, trying to remember, but it had something to do with like, now that I had a bunch of time on my hands, I, I kind of became more lazy. You know, I, like when I'm at work, I was hustling, working hard, you know, and, and also trying to do a lot of real estate stuff on the side while I was at work. But now that I had a bunch of time on my hands, I found like I needed as a discipline. Do you find like you're a pretty disciplined person? Not at all. And that's, that's going to be my struggle, um, (laughs) um, is just really allocating my time. Right. Which I've got a whiteboard in here of a lot of my goals for the year on what I'm going to do every week. Yeah. So here's my number one first piece of advice. 
get a local accountability partner. I, I mean, you know, like, I don't know if you go to church or not, but like, it's a lot yeah. of people do that in the church community, right? They have accountability partner, but I'm talking more like business, right? I'm right. Talking- no, and I've got a buddy of mine. We're about to start doing lunch. He owns a trucking company and yeah. um, he works, you know, remote. He's, he's got pulled himself out of the business now. And so he and I are going to start kind of holding each other accountable. So, and then I'm part of a mastermind too. So. Okay. Helps. That's good. I mean, you're going to need as much help to get disciplined as you can. The other thing that I did later on, this is probably four years later, I started, I, I got an office and um, I started working with other real estate investors. So I had other wholesalers. There was probably at one time, three or four wholesalers in our office and we all leased it from each other. Okay. So working with other wholesalers is kind of cool. It gets you fired up. Yeah. Um, even though we're kind of competitors, but I mean, it was, it was a good environment for okay. me to get out of the house, to start kind of networking mm-hmm. people in the business. And uh, that helped me a lot. But I think working around other investors is going to be good for you. But also that accountability is so important. Like you got to think about, do you have a scorecard some way? Do you like, do you like do that now? Do you track your numbers now? Uh, That's the one thing I need to do. I mean, I I track them in my head, but I need to get them down on paper. That's something I've got to do. And that's actually written down as one of my, one of my goals. Nice. Nice. Okay, good. Well, that's yeah. a good intro. Appreciate the uh, honesty and openness. Sure. <laughs> what What is like the one or two main things, Brad, that you want to accomplish on this call right now? So I think the main thing I need to, to really stay focused on this year is really setting up my processes and, and things so that I can automate this business, like, you know, hiring a VA and stuff. Cause I'm I just, I literally just got some emails right before we got on this call of some new marketing lists. I'm going to start some tax delinquents and code violations. And I need somebody to scrub those for me because I don't want to waste the time doing that. And uh-huh. so that's kind of what, and I know you're the master at that. So I'd love to get some insight from you on like, what are, what are the first steps in, in hiring a VA and do's and don'ts? And like, do you got any insight into that? Yes. Well, let me, let me, I do. And I'll talk about that, but let me kind of get out of you more. Like, what do you want? What is, why do you want processes and automation? Ultimately in the long run, right? It's, it's, so I'm not just consumed in this business so much. I I actually want to do what you did a few years ago and buy an RV and hit the road for Mm. like, you know, do it on the road. Right. So your Um, why is your family? I'm going to guess, right? My why is my family, right? Just time with my family and, and then time to just, do what I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I got some other questions here. I got so many good questions. Sure. I, I, I been doing a little research online of like good coaching questions to ask. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because I look at Adam here and like, Oh man, I got so many of them here. There's no way I could ask, answer them all uh, or ask them all in this amount of time. But okay. Processes and automation. You, you know, your goal is to, uh, I'm assuming you don't want to stay at five to 10 grand a month, right? You want to kind of grow that and mm-hmm. automate it, your business at the same time. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lofty goal this year. I want to gross like 500 K this year. So, okay. Pretty lofty goal for me. I mean, that, so that that works out to about 50 deals, I guess this year. So, okay. So a good goal for monthly income would be around the, well, you wrote here 20 to 30 K a month. Yeah. I'm just going to start from there. So that's a good doubling or maybe tripling your, current yeah deal flow 
Mm-hmm. You think, first of all, with your marketing, are you, the marketing that you're doing, you're doing a lot of PPC. Can you just put more dollars to that? Would that equate to an increase in leads that you're looking for to, to double or triple your deals? Yeah. So we, we just doubled the, but I mean, I was spending like maybe a couple grand a month on PPC and we just doubled it like just a few weeks ago, anticipating this change coming. And then literally yesterday I went through me and my ads manager because I have the, my website company, they manage my PPC stuff for me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. They're the experts on it. So I let them handle it, but obviously they consult me on what I want to do. So what, what we're, we're doing there is I'm actually kind of reallocating and we're going to start like reaching down into the city of Atlanta. Cause I, I live North of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, if you know where Ken Corsini lives, I live near Ken. Yeah. Good North. guy. Is yeah, he still Ken, doing his show? He is. Yeah. Ken, Ken's a great guy. He, he actually helped me at that first deal. Um, oh, how about that? So, but anyways, um, yeah, so I live north of Atlanta and we're, so we're going to start like expanding some of the PPC marketing into the city and some of the hot, um, flipper areas in the city. I've kind of done some analysis on that and then, and then pulling back in some other areas where over the last year we've like spent money, but really haven't had conversions and we're going to kind of pull back out of those areas. And then I'm going to get back into direct mail again, but, but this time I'm doing it very targeted instead of the list that kind of everybody's doing. So doing code violations, tax delinquents, got some other, uh, some other ones I'm going to test out. So, so that's kind of my plan there um, from a marketing perspective. And then we're going to, we're going to fill out the PPC budget over the next month or two and see like how that works. And if we need to up the budget a little bit more, we can. So, yeah. So let me give you some advice on the marketing real quick. Um, I would suggest you seriously, before you do direct mail, look at cold calling. Okay. You heard us talk about on the podcast, um, Mojo sells or the TTP method, the talk to people method. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I did telemarketing back when I was in college, so I'm familiar with it. Well, I was just, um, I'm in this mastermind, and one of the guys there, he, he he's about as old school as it gets. I mean, this guy doesn't, probably doesn't even own a laptop, and he probably has some desktop in his office that has Windows 98 on it, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the kind of guy he is, but he does big deals. He's just super low-key, does <laughs> some big rehabbing deals. Mm-hmm. He just cherry picks the best and he gets them from other referrals and networking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to give a context of where you, this guy is like old school, right? And he was listening. He was talking to another wholesaler over coffee in their market. And um, this guy's doing two to three deals a month, but they're big deals and he's doing really well and he's not spending any money on marketing. And this was just a conversation he was telling me about like less than a week ago. And, uh, it's like, oh, so what do you do? And he said, well, I just real simple. I just have one part-time virtual assistant who has really good English, and he just makes about 100 to 150 calls a day. That's it. Spends about five to six hours, makes a bunch of phone calls, does a bunch of follow-up, sets up the appointments for me, and I go look at the houses, make offers, and uh, do them. So there's a podcast I did with a guy named Brent Daniels at realestateinvestingmastery.com. It's called the TTP Method talk to people. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Brad, I've talked to at least, well, in addition to, to Brent, I think his name is Brent Daniels. Yeah. In addition to Brent, I've interviewed for the podcast and have talked to at least three or four different people that are doing 
this strategy in their markets and are crushing it, doing really, really well in very competitive markets. And Atlanta is one of those very competitive markets. And so I think if you go into direct mail, I mean, this isn't new to you and it's not new to anybody else listening to this. I mean, direct mail is really hard to get a really good responses on that, right? But yeah. so that list that you would normally mail to, the code violations, the evictions, the probates, the late taxes, delinquent taxes, maybe you could even go in and get lists, which is possible, of people that are uh, have judgments that are just filed against them from late credit card payments with, from... I was doing this research recently. I found uh, you revealed my secret. That was my secret thing oh, that I'm testing okay. out. Okay, don't Plus mail them. <laughs> you can mail them, okay, but call them. Okay, because people don't realize this. They can go to the county records. They can search up judgments usually, because that's public record stuff, right? I was doing right. this recently in one of the markets that we're in right now, okay. and uh, I'm not going to tell everybody which market because, like, I couldn't believe this stuff was in there, and. Uh, you could find judgments. And I found this one person that had this judgment from a target credit card, like 3000 bucks. Right. And I looked up his house. I could see where his house was, where he lived. This is all public records. I'm not doing any skip tracing yet. I can see his house. I can see that he bought it like 25 years ago. There's no mortgage recorded against it. And uh, he's probably, um, how did I find this out? His age? I forget how, maybe it was his, name. I think he had like a name like Wilbur or something like that, right? Like anybody who has a name Wilbur must be pretty old. <laughs> okay. I don't remember, but like, this is a guy who's a senior citizen. He uh, has, he can't even make his payments for a $3,000 target card. And do you think he might be having some financial difficulties? Do you think he might need to have a house he wants to sell so he can get some cash to get these creditors and debt collectors off his back? I don't know. Probably. So anyway, you can get VAs to go in, get this data for you, put them into spreadsheets, and you can skip trace them. And those, whether it's late taxes or expired listings or probates or late in taxes, uh, evictions, it's a great list. You can do this, skip trace them, and put them into a, uh, something like Mojo Cells, mm-hmm. which is an auto dialer, and just dial them call them, you know, and if you listen to that podcast I did with Brent Daniels, it was really, really good. The TTP method, talk to people and he breaks it down all step by step what you do. But basically you can find somebody local. You can find some, a virtual assistant with really good English. You can record all the calls. So you can listen to what they say and all that. Right. And it's a longer term play. It's not like you're going to get any deals from the first time you talk to a seller. No, it takes multiple touches more so than direct mail because you're just calling them out of the blue. But um, you're going to find that your cost per lead is ridiculously low. This will be your lowest cost per lead of all the different marketing that you're doing, even though you're paying somebody full-time to do this for you. Right. So that's my first advice. Okay. You really should look at, especially in a competitive market like Atlanta, Yeah. Uh, look into this cold call method and you can get eventually get two or three different people doing this for you. You don't want to make them work more than four or five hours a day. There's an efficiency curve, right? You know, four hour, four or five hours a day. That's it. And you give them a simple script. Everything gets tagged in Mojo cells, which then you can export into something like Podio. And, uh, you can get, you know, let's say you had two guys making a hundred calls a day. That's 200 a day. That's a thousand a week. That's a thousand phone numbers you're calling. Anybody that you would mail to, 
that's who you can call. And there's lots of different software uh, tools out there where you can do skip tracing. And I'm sure you know of some. Oh yeah, there's tons of them yeah. right now. Okay. Now the other thing I wanted to tell you, just some advice on setting up your processes and automating stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. Sometimes the best automation you can get is a good assistant. Yeah. Right. A really good assistant. And I'm, I'm sure you've had VAs in the past or maybe you do or don't like, who do you have now helping you? Do you have an assistant now? I don't. That's one thing I'm trying to do in the next few months or in the next month or two is to get an assistant to do stuff. All right. Here's my advice. Get a local assistant. A local assistant? Yes. So what's funny is is I actually reached out to a couple girls that I worked with at my corporate job. Yeah. And uh, just emailed them last night and I've gotten them scrubbing some lists for me right now. Um, And I'm going to pay them a little bit to do that. And they're local. So... Well, you're starting that. (laughs) If you're that kind of stuff, you should have a VA from the Philippines doing for you for like two or three bucks an hour. Okay. Scraping lists. Yeah, that's, but here's what you do. You get a local assistant to manage those virtual assistants for you. Okay. I fought that tooth and nail, like kicking and screaming. I'm not going to hire a local assistant. They're too expensive and I'd have to get an office. And, Mm -hmm. but uh, I had some friends at the time were like, you don't get it. It's not an expense and it's, it's, a, it's an investment that will give you back more money than you're putting into it. And right. they were absolutely right. When I, fi- when I hired my first local assistant, I got an office and it was one of these offices I was telling you about where we had other investors in there, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I was only in that office one or two days a week max because mm-hmm. I still like to work out of my home office, but I wanted my local assistant there. My income and productivity almost tripled. It was like insane. I could get so much more done. Now I'm doing deals and I'm doing, you know, coaching and podcasting and stuff like that. Yeah. So eventually I had to hire a second local assistant to help me with with both of the the different types of businesses that I'm doing, but a world of difference. Now you can hire really good virtual assistants, you know, I'm sure like that can really help you, but the learning curve, the, the, the path to success with a local assistant is much better. Yeah. They understand Atlanta, right? They understand what a cul-de-sac is, for example. I mean, like some, if, if you're talking to a seller and they're trying to explain something, like there's just Americanized social sure. context and stuff like that. Yeah. And so if you need a VA to do some marketing for you or do the grunt work, kind of the manual stuff, then just have your local assistant manage your virtual assistants for you. Okay. A good idea. And when it comes to processes and automating stuff, then that's not even on your job description. That is your assistant's job description. Okay. Yeah. So some people think like, man, I got to write all this down and I got to step by step it and do videos on it so I can train my assistant to do it and whatnot. No, you don't. You know, I'm sure you've got a lot of courses and stuff like that. If you had my course or some of my stuff where I train people on Podio or Mm -hmm. uh, on marketing or whatnot, just give that training material to your assistant. Watch okay. this. And I want you to write up an operating procedure for this. And so break it out in chunks. You know, if it comes to, when it comes to Podio, uh, you probably already, do you have a CRM right now for your leads? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So you should not be ever in Podio ever. What is your CRM by the way? Uh, I use uh, one that, that Danny Johnson's company developed REI mobile. Yeah. I've heard good things about that. Yeah. I like it. I really All like right, it. so you should never be in there. Good point. You should never be in there. You should have your assistant in there. And you update 
your assistant by Voxer or WhatsApp or something, some kind of voice messaging app. Yeah. You update your assistant with the details of whatever happened. Like you went and talked to a seller, you met with a seller. You just Voxer your VA yeah. and your VA or your assistant updates the CRM for you. I like that. This, this is a really good key. This, this is important too. Like when you're, um, you, you should have like a separate email that only your assistant has. Mm-hmm. Only, you only get emails from her or him, you know, whoever. But, mm-hmm. And then they just look at the first thing every morning, look inside the CRM and they can see the hot leads, the warm leads, the cold leads. And hopefully every lead in there has a task assigned to somebody with a due date, right? Yeah. So every lead in your CRM needs to have an open task assigned to somebody specifically uh, with a specific person with a specific type of follow-up thing or whatever with a specific date that it's due. First thing your VA does, your assistant is looks at that list and then sends you one email for each different action that you have to do. If it's somebody that you have to call or whatnot. And she then puts into that email all the information you need to know. Maybe it's just a link to that lead in the CRM, whatever. But you see, okay, I got to call this seller or I got to follow up with this seller. There's a task that, you know, I'm supposed to, all you do then is you call the seller up or you go to the appointment or whatever. And when you're done, you just Voxer, your VA, your assistant who updates the CRM. So you could say, hey, I just talked to the seller. The house is still listed. Remind me again in a month to follow up. Boom, it's done. And then the VA updates that. The, the, the assistant does that. Okay. So when it comes to the automation, the processes, don't complicate it. Really, really keep it simple and right. make it your assistant's responsibility to update that stuff for you. Okay. Is that helpful? Yeah, no, I like that. Now, your assistant is, or the assistant, is that is that a full-time gig or like part-time? Like, could I hire like a mom, you know, locally or something? Like what, you know, what, what would you think they're... There is, um, there's a really good book and I just donated it. I gave it to somebody. It's all about, I'm looking it up on Amazon right now. I'll find it here. It's CEO something. Oh, the CEO's secret weapon, the CEO's secret weapon. It's a book. If you look at Amazon, there's a couple books called the CEO's secret weapon. It's the red one. Okay. You got to get this book. It's by a lady named Jan Jones. Okay. The subtitle is How Great Leaders and Their Assistants Maximize Productivity and Effectiveness. Okay. Jan Jones. My advice would be, I'm in the middle of reading this right now, but my advice would be hire an executive level assistant full-time. Yeah. It's totally worth it. I mean, it's, I was scared. Like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can handle it. Or what am I going to be like, I'm just going to be pouring more work on myself, trying to get them trained and up to speed. No. Yeah. No, that's a good book. I'd suggest reading that right away. Right. You know, talk about how to find them, who you can hire. You know, there's, I found my assistants on Craigslist. Okay. I even found, uh, I found an acquisitions manager on Craigslist. And that's the other thing I'd recommend to you as well. Start thinking about hiring an acquisitions manager. That's uh, on my radar. Hopefully I, I'd like to do that by at least like April or May. Okay. I'm going to give you another good book. It's a book called fire yourself. Oh, yeah. I actually already bought it. I think I just haven't read it yet. Oh, man. It's good. Go to fireyourself.net if you're listening to this on the podcast, guys. Fireyourself.net. And it's written by one of my students, Brian Elwood. And it's just a 70, 80-page book, but it's jam-packed full of really good, actionable stuff. Highly recommend it. 
So start thinking about that. Now, your then your goal would be you're adding overhead, okay, but your your uh, your acquisitions manager is 100% commission based. All right. right. And you know, you got your assistant, if you're getting an executive level assistant, she's not going to be cheap. You know, I'm thinking probably anywhere from 15 to $20 an hour. Yeah. You should be able to find a good assistant, but they pay for themselves. Sure. And you just what I'd recommend doing then is you, you, know, you list out kind of what your goals are. Mm-hmm. If it's um, start doing this cold calling thing, say, all right, well, here is, and I created a course on it, automatedmojo.com. I don't even know if it's open right now, but yeah, I remember you talking about that a few months ago. Yeah. It's a program on how to use Mojo cells. If anything, you could just say, uh, listen to these podcasts about this stuff. Go watch all these tutorials on how to use Mojo cells. And my goal is to call a hundred sellers, 200 sellers a day. And these are the lists. So I want you to help me figure out how do we get these phone numbers from these lists? You know, here's some skip tracing services that we can use, price them all out. Give me the cheapest ones. Uh, give me the pricing of all of them. Mm-hmm. But you want to get your assistant to kind of develop these procedures for you. And you need to have regular communication with her Yeah. on how this is. She's your main implementer. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, because uh, I'm a, just a horribly disorganized person. So yes. that's, I definitely need an assistant for sure. Man, I, I get people ask me all the time, should I spend this money that I have on marketing or should I, should I hire a virtual assistant? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like you got to get a VA as soon as possible, at least a virtual assistant, you know, 500 bucks a month, get a good full-time data entry virtual assistant. So you don't have to do that, 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 uh, the, all that detailed legwork, but as soon as you can get a, a good local assistant, I think it's going to help you. Help okay. You. Yeah. I'll probably try to put like a post out on Craigslist or ask around or something. Um, yeah. And you know it, what else I have, um, Brad, what we'll do after this call, I have a, an Evernote that I've collected of job posts that I've seen and some job posts that I've used before. Okay, perfect. Of, 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 um, like job postings. Mm -hmm. So you could look at some of those, uh, you know, after I hired my first assistant, (laughs) I wanted more assistants. (laughs) Guess who I asked to hire for assistance for me. Oh yeah. She took care of it all. She found, she posted the jobs, interviewed them and gave me the top three candidates. I only talked to one of the three. And I said, I want to hire her. You can cancel everybody else. And yeah. that was it. I hired, and she's been working with me now for four or five years. Wow. Um, so that's the power. Like I could have spent, ye- oh, like, I don't know, years, but I, I could have spent a lot of hassle and headache trying to find that person. But she mm-hmm. just took care of it for me and, and she was great. But um, okay, cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I, I, I definitely need to do that because, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Because that was, you know, that was one thing everyone in my mastermind at the last meeting said is like, because I, I posed that question, do I hire an assistant first or an acquisitions manager first? And everyone said assistant, but oh, definitely. they also said before you do that, you got to kind of figure out some of your processes and stuff first. Well, you need to figure them out at a high level. Yeah. Okay? Don't go into the details yet. Right. Okay. Have her do that. Which I've got them all in my head. So I like the Voxer idea because I actually like that. Like I could just call her and, and just mind dump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Very good. Good. All right. Anything else real quick you want to ask? Um, no, I mean, that's, that's kind of the main thing was, you know, what's, what's a good first step? And I like that. Hire an assistant. Um, 
And then, yeah, I guess you and I are on the same page in terms of the, that whole marketing trick with the judgments and stuff. So, uh-huh. so yeah, get the, get those phone numbers, man. I'm telling you, you could, okay. you could ramp up your PPC, but I would, I would, you could spend a lot of money on PPC ads and leave. You can, and, and, but we've done a good job at not spending a ton of money and getting good quality leads good. out of it. So that's why I've, I, I like it, you know, but you're right. You can spend a lot of money if you don't do it right. Good, so. good. Yeah. All right. So listen, Brad, what, what are one or two things that you're going to really focus on, you know, between now and the next one or two weeks? Cause I, um, I want you to say this so that anybody listening to this podcast who knows you, right. Can follow up. If we were like a coaching, if we had a coaching consulting relationship, this is how I end all my calls. Like what are the one or two things you're going to focus on between now and next call? But uh, put it out there, man. What are the, what are the one or two big things you're going to focus on and get done in the next one or two weeks? I got to get a job posting out for an assistant. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. What else? Uh, probably um, start, start poking into looking into at least before the assistant looking into uh, figuring out a way to call these lists instead of mail them. I, I, I do like that idea better. So good. All right. And then read that CEO secret weapon book. Yeah. I, I wrote that down here. So I'm going to order that on Amazon here in just a second. So. All right, Brad. <laughs> cool, man. Thanks, man. Hey, listen, everybody, uh, you listening to this, if you want some coaching help, if you're like, man, it would be cool if I could talk to somebody like Joe, or I have a coaching business partner named Gavin. I just need somebody that can bounce ideas off, get some advice on things like that. I just have a simple, I'm building a new coaching page right now, but I have a simple page where you can just go and you can fill out some information about you and your, your business. And let's get on the phone and let's talk about it. Okay. If you go to coachjoe.net, coachjoe.net is a simple application page. Just put your information in there. Let us know a little bit about you. You'll get on the phone with either myself or with Gavin, my business partner, and we'll talk about your goals and where you are now. Where do you want to be? What are the things holding you back? And we'll see if we're a good fit. Cool. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Have a good one. All right, guys. Again, don't forget, go to coachjoe.net if you want to just fill out that application. We'll talk to you all later. See you, Brad. Adios. Bye-bye. 